Hi guys, welcome to episode six in our fifth season here on the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. I'm so excited today that we actually are bringing back a guest that was with us last week. Joe Winger is the founder of pretty much the modern homestead movement, but she really is the founder of The Prairie Homestead. And she is the host of the very popular Simple, no, not Simple Doesn't Mean Easy, that's mine, Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. And she's a friend. I've been working with Jill for almost five years now, and it's just always fun to sit down and chat with her. And when we finished up last episode, we had you know hit the record button. We were done. We were saying goodbye. And I said, you know what? Do you have a few more minutes? And she's like, actually, yeah, I'm scheduled to do another podcast in 10 minutes, but she just told me she's running 15 minutes late. And I was like, ooh, do you want to record another episode? <laughs> So that's what today is. We literally just hit record again and started talking again. And we, for this episode, are talking about is an old fashioned food philosophy actually healthy? Because a lot of folks will try and tell us that it's not, but you're going to find out what Jill and I think about eating red meat, eating potatoes, eating bread eating the yolks of our eggs. We're just going to talk about it all. And I think you're going to like this episode. Before I bring Jill back on, I want to let you know about something I've never done before. I've never put any of my own personal courses on sale because honestly, when I release a course, I really try and make it the best price that I can. And I've just never really thought about reducing the price, but Here's the deal. It is almost allergy season here in New England. Depending on where you live, you probably are in the height of allergy season. And I wanted to do this as honestly a help because I find kombucha helps so much with allergies. And I wanted to offer it at a discounted price to you guys if you want to give it a try making your own kombucha. I love it. I can't say enough about DIY kombucha, how good it is. Guys, it is so much tastier than you could ever buy in the store. And it is so, so good for your gut health. But here's the crazy thing that most people have no idea about that kombucha actually, you could drink a glass of a kombucha a day instead of taking antihistamines. Because what an antihistamine does is it actually um, will stop a mast cell, M-A-S-T, which is an allergy cell, will actually stop the mast cell, mast, I can't talk, the mast cell from releasing the mediators. The mediators are what cause all those awful symptoms that make you want to scratch your eyes out and go through five boxes of tissues. But kombucha, they have done studies that have shown it actually stabilizes those mast cells, the allergy cells. And by stabilizing them, it means that they're putting out much less and maybe no mediators, which means no allergy symptoms. Isn't it crazy? So you really need to give it a try, guys. If you want to find out more about making your own kombucha, go to solelyrested.com slash kombucha. And for only a few weeks, my entire 12-module course and all the ebook, the printables, the charts, all the helps, helps and tips and other discounts on kombucha products, all of it's included at 20% off solelyrested.com slash kombucha and go give those allergies heck this year, guys. 
So now, without any further ado, I am so excited to bring Jill back. Although it really wasn't back because we really didn't stop talking, if you know what I mean. But let's get into that chat. Okay, Jill, thank you so much for like coming back. I'm so excited. I know last week we were talking about stress and um, modern problems we have and old-fashioned solutions to it. And then we were all wrapped up and starting to disconnect and Thank you. When I said, do you have a few more minutes? You know, because there's one other thing I would love to pick your brain about. So totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So this episode, we're going to talk about the fact that an old fashioned food, like philosophy, people seem to think I talk about this a lot on the podcast, people seem to think it's the hard choice. It's inconvenient. It takes so long. Why would you not want to just grab a box and a little bit of powder in that packet that you can mix in and be done in two minutes? And I'd love to talk this through with you. The fact that like an old fashioned choice might take longer, might be the harder choice in the moment, but it's absolutely always going to be the healthier choice, the better choice. And, you know, we were talking last episode, it's going to give us some dopamine too, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's start with the idea. Okay. I read this thing just recently that I wanted to strangle the lady. She was talking about egg yolks and how awful egg yolks are. And I think she was recommending it. I think it was in like, I don't have it in front of me. I think it was like Forbes magazine a few years ago. And this lady was talking about, you should only have, I think it was four egg yolks a week. And, and if you're going to have a recipe that has four eggs, just have one yolk for those four eggs. And what's up with stuff like that, you know, or or they tell us fats are so bad for us and we have to eliminate the fats. Well, we talked about this a lot in a long episode over on your podcast, you and I, about healthy fats and how the lard and the tallow is so good for us. So so what's going on? Why are people telling us that life-giving good food, like egg yolks that have so many nutrients in them or healthy fats that we need for our brain to develop, why is everybody telling us it's bad? And they're still telling us this still today. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think there's so many different pieces of that at play. Um, The the big factors that I see, um, I I think twofold. So first off, I think there was such a push to create consumers after World War II that I don't think people even know what it was like prior to to the advent of the consumer, right? We don't even know what life would have been like. And so we're so used to this idea that Um, we're being told to buy, we're told that whatever we buy is automatically better. We're told, you know, and along with that to convince us to buy the marketers tell us that the alternative is hard and it's drudgery and it's beneath us and we don't want to mess with it. And so I think we're kind of indoctrinated into that, that if it comes from a factory or it's industrialized, it has to be better. Yes. And then I think maybe like someone like this egg white lady, maybe she doesn't even realize she's doing it, but I think it's this pervasive idea that I've I've been trying to figure out how to say this eloquently. I've been wrestling with it for a while, but it's almost as if um, we're we're angry at nature, or we're like we're better we're better than our biological birthright, and we can do better as humans. It's almost this prideful attitude, mm. kind of shaking our fists and going, "I know what I have. I know that I'm a natural being in a natural world, but I'm going to choose to kind of fight against that." And so I think that's at least very subconsciously mm. where we see these ideas of. Oh, we have, you know, Frankenfood, you know, lab-based meat, um, you know, pretend eggs are obviously better for you than the real thing. And you're just like, 
you know, an enriched flour because they throw all kinds of nutrients in there. So it's gotta be better. Like obviously human biology was waiting for the moment when we figured out how to grind the flour in a very extractive way, take all the nutrients out, let it sit, go rancid, put all the stuff back in and then sell it in little white bags. Like obviously our bodies were waiting for that moment to thrive. Like, come on. Like, I just feel like there's this lack of, of common sense or, you know, with eggs, well, maybe it would make sense that we eat them in its whole form, but uh, (laughs) it's really not common sense for a lot of people. And I think it's this residual of um, machines are better. The factory mindset is better. And if you kind of look at the last hundred years, it's such a fascinating progression um, and how we were kind of manipulated and marketed to as a culture yes. to get to the point we are today. Yes. It, it, it makes sense, but it, but then again, it doesn't. No, it totally does. I mean, we talked about on that episode about fats on your podcast about margarine and how the margarine companies, it's so evident. If you look back at the records, if you look back at like the official conferences they had that were like sponsored by the margarine companies, yes. like, of course, they wanted to convince us that margarine was better for us. And it's yeah. so obvious. I actually have a quote from your book because you're talking about this right now. I got to read it. During the industrial age, factories needed consumers. The solution became clear. People must be convinced they needed more. Yeah, because, you know, and and that's one of my big takeaways from the book research. Um, I guess I I knew there was, I knew, you know, consumers, I knew that was a thing, but I never thought about, well, how did it get here? I just kind of assumed that it was just human nature. And to a point it is because in order to live, we must consume. Even if someone's living out, um, you know, let's say uh, tribal people, they're still, they're still consuming food and nuts and berries and things they're hunting, but like this idea, but it's, it's really a, on like a, a needs basis. I need this to survive. And so that's, and then I'm done. But when you had this factory mindset rolling in, what people needed wasn't enough to keep the factories rolling. And so it was just that really people had to be convinced that you're, it's never enough and you need the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Yep. And so yep. we've got on now we're just like addicted to it. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, genuinely, after just our last episode and that talk about the dopamine, I'm still thinking about it. Like if we take if we're making mac and cheese out of a box, we seriously are jipping ourselves where we're, we don't have any of that creative factor at all. We don't have any, you know, we're losing out. We definitely are. And yeah. we've been convinced by the marketers that, no, it's the best choice. Um, yeah. So did our grandparents have like the great secrets? Like, did they, I don't know. I mean, they certainly still had health problems. Um, but is that really the secret? Like that, like you said, the whole egg, like everything in moderation kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I think, I don't know, secrets. And I, I'm always careful because I think we romanticize. I mean, I'm guilty of this. We romanticize those eras to a point where, you know, I, I, like I've said before, my great grandma probably would have traded her life for my life now because I have a washing machine and I have running water and all of those things. And so I'm always mindful to not just make it sound like it was magical all the time, but I think just by default, they, you know, you're kind of forced for lack of a better word into eating better, because like, if you are, uh, you know, let's say you, you on sweets, for example, you know, now sugar isn't everything and, and sugar has been shown to be so, so detrimental to us. Um, but our great grandparents, sugar was, I mean, except uh, for the all natural maple syrup. Well, that's what I was going to, yes. And that's what I was going to say next, because, you know, if you did find sugar in those, um, situations, you had honey, which you don't, you'd only get in smaller quantities Mm -hmm. and, or maple syrup, which you had to work really hard to get that. 
You still do. You still do, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's almost and like it's a seasonal. Self- That's another thing. Yes. It's but and it's self-limiting. So okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I can have maple syrup, but I'm gonna treat it like a precious commodity because Absolutely. it is. And I had to work my butt off to get it. Yes. And so it's not this, you know, free-for-all. I think that was a case with a lot of things. They, I mean, they weren't doing the Atkins diet. They weren't doing vegan or carnivore or any of these other fads. They were just eating what they had and they had carbs and they had some sweets and they had fats and and things, but it was all within forced moderation, just kind of in the natural order. And they had to work in order to get it, which you're burning the calories and you're, you're getting, you know, your body is moving. So it just kind of seemed like it balanced itself out a little bit better. Sure. Yeah. I agree. We're going to interrupt this episode for a second for me to tell you about my new favorite thing that has greatly improved the food that I grow here on our farm. I am a little embarrassed to tell you I never did a soil test until last year, ever, my entire life. I have been growing food and gardening my entire adult life, didn't as a kid too, with my dad. Never did I do a soil test. I remember once when I was like eight, my dad did a soil test and it was a really big deal. And, you know, that's why I remember it. But that was the only time he ever did one. Like, I just didn't know these were important. I figured all the nutrients are good. And especially the big three, the nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium. You want it all. You can't have too much. It's good stuff. Why would you need to test what your levels are? I was so wrong. I'd had years of problems, didn't understand what was wrong. And when Redmond Ag asked me if they could send me a soil kit for me to try, it was a new thing and they just wanted me to sample it. I said, sure, why not? I'll give it a try. I wasn't expecting it to even be useful to me. Boy, was I wrong. The results, first of all, came back within days. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, how easy it was to use and then how quickly the results came back. Bonus, the results are all online for me to access anytime, which I didn't think that would matter either. Then I lost my soil test kit results. And when I went this year to go look at what it had recommended that I use for supplements in the ground, I couldn't find it. I was so glad that it's all stored away. And I know that this is what my dad had done. You can go to a local co-op, an ag co-op, and find out about getting soil tests. But they're not free. They are very often more expensive than this soil test kit. And... When you get the results back, you might have pages and pages of worth of lots of information, but it pretty much to the average person doesn't really mean much. It's hard to weed through what it means, not with this kit. I couldn't believe it. The charts are so user-friendly. It just, at a a glance, you understand what's good or bad with your soil. And then they even give you all the suggestions of how to improve it to make your soil perfect. Perfect if it isn't already. So I can't recommend it enough. If you go to solelyrested.com slash soil, you will see what I'm talking about. And I kid you not, guys, if you want to grow really good, nutritious food, this is important. You need to find out the quality of your soil. And I have a great offer for you off of an already great price. Go to solelyrested.com slash soil. If you grow any of your own food, you will not regret this. So are there any particular foods that, you know, the world is still saying, even against what we're realizing to be true now, foods that they're saying shouldn't eat, these are bad for you, that your family has absolutely no reservation in eating? I know red meat's one of them, right? 
Yeah. I was just, that was the first one that came to mind, especially yeah. since meat is so demonized all of a sudden or yeah. all of a sudden, but even, you know, more and more every year yep. right now. Um, but again, it just, I, I like to ask, okay, so what, what did we do before we were being told this story? You know, and I, I look at all these stories, you know, maybe the stories have an element of truth. Maybe they don't, but I'm always like asking myself, what did I do before a marketer or a corporation or an authority figure was telling me what to think? And so I kind of went, I've gone on that path with the meat. Obviously we raise beef. I have a vested interest in beef. That's no secret, but I'm like, okay, so here, what they're saying, is it true or not? And when I look, we look back historically, <laughs> meat has been a part of the human diet for very, very long time since the beginning of time. Yep. And there's plenty of cultures in the world. Like for example, if someone tried to be vegan out here on the prairie, um, 150 years ago, they would starve very, very quickly. Like it's yep. not sustainable and it's not natural. And there are very few places in the world. There's a few, but they're very few, um, that you could actually live without meat because that's, it's just kind of how things work. Yeah. So to me, when I start to see that disconnect, I'm like, something's off with this narrative we're hearing no different than, you know, the demonization of fat several decades ago, like doesn't really make sense. So let's weigh it out. So I think every time I hear a new trendy food group that they were telling me is, is evil. I'm always just a little bit skeptical. Yeah. Me too, for sure. Okay. What about potatoes? You know, they're, they're bad rap because they're really high in starch. I know you eat a lot of potatoes. Yes, I do. Yeah. I, think I do too. Those, yeah. I, I love potatoes. potatoes with almost every meal. <laughs> I, I could eat potatoes yeah, three times a day. What's your favorite way? Baked, oh, mashed, wedges. So many. I love a good oven fry, a homemade oven, oven fry. Mm -hmm. I like, well, like really buttery mashed potatoes probably would be my favorite with a really good gravy. Well seasoned. Oh wait, you put your gravy on gravy. top. Oh, you said mashed potato. I mashed potato, baked. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. With, with the mashed potatoes. So I love a loaded baked potato. I, I do love a loaded baked potato. Yeah. I, I mean, really all the ways hash browns, I'll do all the potatoes. Yeah. yeah. They're good. <laughs> so you get me hungry, good. Jill. <laughs> I know. Um, and so, yeah, it's one of those things, like, I feel like in moderation and I, I, I do, it makes sense at least for me to have starch and some carbs in my diet. I, I I'm not into the low carb, 100% carnivore thing. I feel like that's a little, to, to me, that's a little oh, extreme no. I mean, we need over carbs. to the other side. Yeah. We need them energy. to function. Our brain right. needs them. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I Plus, just, I just couldn't I avoid, do it. I avoid the extremes. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not eating. I know there was that, the keto thing. I'm not dogging anybody who's listening and follows these. That's cool. And yes. you do it right for your body. Cause our bodies are different Absolutely. and you, we all have different situations, but like where it was all keto for a couple of years. And it was like, I'm having butter on my bacon on top of coconut oil. And that's my, and I'm just like, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a little much. If you thought like, I mean, fat is really good, but in nature, fat doesn't occur in copious, copious quantities. Usually right. it's like, maybe right. we should just be moderation. So the, I'm like that with potatoes and the starch and the bread. We yeah. eat bread and I don't have, I don't really have do that in moderation. I'll be honest. Bread. I, I no. eat a lot of bread. <laughs> I will say, you know, what helps me be more moderate with bread is the whole what? wheat, whole, really? whole wheat. I feel like I am more, um, satisfied with when I make a whole wheat bread, like one or two pieces. And I don't want to just binge it, which you is know, good, I good agree. Food. It is more filling. Yeah, it really is. And the taste is so much richer. Like I, yes. I seem to enjoy my bites longer, if that makes yes. sense, because it really is a rich kind of a nuttier flavor. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And you know, like you were saying, I'm not bashing in the diets. I have some very good friends who are very keto all the way and I get yeah. it. But I think what it comes down to is that was the thing that worked for them. 
That was the thing that helped them get healthy. It was the thing that made them ditch the processed foods. So if that's the thing for you that works great, you know, but yeah, it's, it's just whatever works for you to get rid of the processed and eat more whole foods, then, then go for it. So, yep. Yep. So before we go, I, I don't want to put all the blame on the marketers too, you know, cause I'm really quick to do that. Honestly, I love talking about that. It intrigues me how we've been gullible for so many decades, but, um, real food is not the easy choice. It's never going to be. And we've learned as a society to avoid conflict and difficulty at all cost. So I have my favorite section from your book. I'm going to actually just read this because this was the favorite, my favorite. A story isn't a story without some sort of conflict. That's why the classics usually explore a trial to overcome. A mountain to scale or an adversary to outwit. Our favorite tales would be insufferably boring without this sense of adventure. And I loved it that you said, what if Frodo like decided, nah, I'm not going to go fight the evil stuff. I'm just going to binge on Netflix. You know? yep, yep. <laughs> but as readers, we love to root for the rebels and cheer for the risk takers and applaud those brave enough to defy the odds. We imagine ourselves in their shoes and we assume we'd make the same bold choices, but then we structure our lives to avoid difficulty at all cost. Yeah. So I think that's what so much of what we're talking about comes down to that. Don't avoid the difficulty. You're going to miss out on the dopamine. That could be, yeah, I know. Don't avoid the difficulty. You'll miss the dopamine. I feel like we sound like junkies. Get the dopamine. <laughs> but it's, but it's true. I, if I am an addict, I am an addict for my dopamine. It comes yes. from after I make something creatively. Absolutely. Me too. Me too. Well, this has been so fun, Jill. Where can people find you? Where can they find your book? Yeah. All that so, good stuff. The prairiehomestead.com is my OG blog. It's still running. It has all my stuff on there. And then Instagram is the social platform I use the most, or just most active, I guess. So jill.winger is my handle. And then if you want to check out the book and get all the pre-order goodies. Of course, everybody of needs course, to check out the book. I'm yes. kidding you not. It's great. I, I love it. Where do they oh, find thank it? Thank you. Uh, www.oldfashionedbook.com. Oldfashionedbook.com. Yes. Awesome. And some really awesome, great freebie stuff. So people need to go pre-order this book. I'm yes. telling you guys. Yep. Yeah. And you get well, the pre-order stuff, sure. even though the book doesn't come out till September, you get the pre-order uh-huh. stuff right away. So it's yes. like a, just a tidy And that over. way you get it early. Like, you, you know, you're really the cool kid because you get it way earlier than anybody can get it if they're waiting to go buy it at the store. So. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jill. It's been fun chatting. My pleasure. Thanks for having me back, Michelle. Absolutely. Well, that's it for today's episode, guys. I hope that you enjoyed joining in on Jill and I's conversation. I always love chatting with her, especially about things like real food, because we literally are like soulmates when it comes to this stuff. And you know what? If you have a favorite potato recipe, go starch. Send me those recipes. Reach out to me over on Instagram and let me know if you have something really unique and delicious you do with a potato. (laughs) But seriously, um, join me next Monday. The new episode is going to drop early in the morning and I can't wait to see you then. And remember, it is easy to forget how blessed we are to live this life. So enjoy the simple everyday efforts. I know it's not easy, but I also know it is so worth it.